He's a United States Marine Corps veteran, a career law enforcement officer, a bachelor's degree holder, master's, and doctorate, and he's dedicating his life to helping first responders and their families. Welcome to the Law Enforcement Talk Radio Show. In the Law Enforcement Talk Radio Show, we are joined by special guests talking about their experiences, their realities of investigating crimes, plus those who have experienced horrendous trauma, police, first responders, military, and victims of crime share their stories. Hi, I'm John J. Wiley. In addition to being a broadcaster, I'm also a retired police sergeant. Be sure to check out our website, letradio.com and also like us on Facebook search for the law enforcement talk radio show calling us from Montana joining us on the phone we have Jesse Holton police officer and this is second appearance on the show for Jesse Holton Jesse thanks for joining us today no worries how you doing good and it's been a long time you were a guest when we first started this Robert uh, Greenberg was my co-host back then and it was a long time ago yeah a couple years Time flies. It really has. And back then, Jesse was, um, I believe, a corporal with the Brevard County, Florida Sheriff's Department. And when we talked yep. to him, he had this great program where they were taking dogs from the animal shelter and they had inmates training to be assistance dogs, therapy dogs for court, for everybody else, and for post-traumatic stress for first responders and veterans. A phenomenal program. Yeah. Still exists, though, correct? Oh, yeah, it's up and running. It's sustainable. Um, they're kicking out probably around 100 dogs a year, used from everything for uh, officers, first responders, veterans with PTSD to kids with autism. Um, even the main program was law enforcement therapy dogs, dogs that were trained to be given to investigators for free so that they could use them for interviewing child victims and uh, crimes against children. Uh, that's expanded to now using them for all victims, um, adults, elderly, patients, uh, even with suspects. So it, it's actually grown into a pretty nationwide, and even I think they have two in Canada and a couple over in England they're using now. So it expanded, and it got to the point where it was sustainable without me. So I moved on to bigger and better things. Yeah, so now you're in Montana, and you're a police oh, officer yeah. up there, correct? That's correct. Good old Montana. I love it. And for a Florida boy going to Montana, if you don't know, Jesse, if you didn't hear the first episode, Jesse is a, a, a was it a Marine Corps veteran? Yes, sir. Marine Corps vet. And then you did a career officer in Brevard County Sheriff's Department, left there, and now you're a police officer in yep. Butte, Montana, I believe it is. And, uh, Bozeman. Bozeman. Bozeman, Montana. Montana. Okay. What is it, like three yeah. cities in Montana? Yeah, there's uh, I think there's five or six, but it's a it's a wonderful place to live. I tell you what, the the people out here and just the environment, um, and the main reason I moved here was to just find a better place to raise my kids um, and to to get a different program started. Uh, that's always been a passion of mine. So now this program you're talking about, this is something that I know has been a passion of yours for a very very long time. Tell us a little bit about that. So. Um, I got out of the Marine Corps in December of 2005. I did uh, tours in both Iraq and Afghanistan, and my transition to civilian life was not easy. It was a, a very long, dark, hard road. Even being in law enforcement, it was a, a very unique experience. And uh, I had gone through the VA for all types of programs. Some worked, some didn't. Uh, and I found myself really wanting to get involved with the treatment for post-trauma, TBI, uh, and some of the other injuries that are received, service-connected disabilities for, for vets. Uh, so that's kind of where my passion started. But at the same time, I was in law enforcement. And 
um, I, I got a passion for understanding what PTSD was. So you get diagnosed with this stigma. And that's kind of what it was when I first got out was uh, nobody wanted to be diagnosed with PTSD. And I didn't want to either. I, I was told to go to the VA. Um, I went there. I completed their test, did what they wanted me to do, not planning to go back or not planning to get diagnosed with anything. And then, wham, I get smacked with this, uh, you have post-traumatic stress disorder. And it was a stigma at the time. I dealt with issues in, in the agency that I was working for as a cop. And, you know, I, I really wanted to know more about it. So I started digging into it and found the interest of research and understanding PTSD. And that kind of led to the passion of let's, let's see if I can start making science better. Cause it, it wasn't, I know the VA took a lot of hits when we first started exploring PTSD with the Iraq and Afghan vets coming back, but they didn't have the information they needed to be able to provide the best quality of services. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is veterans and especially first responders, we don't like to talk about, what's going on. And if we do, we're not going to give you the full story. No, um, I, I don't, I don't know of anybody who wants to rehash the details of horrific stuff they've been through either. Absolutely. And, and that's, that's what a lot of people don't understand about what the VA was going through is you have these service providers who are passionate and they care and they're trying, but because we aren't giving them the information that they need to provide better services, they're just going off what they think or what they know or trying to put together information because they don't know what we've been through. Um, they don't know all of the dark stuff. And it made it difficult. So I started finding passion in not just communicating it, but looking at the research they were using and the types of therapies they were using and, and kind of giving feedback. Well, you know, this is why this therapy doesn't work. And this is why group therapy doesn't work for some people. And, and I, I found a passion for that. So while I was in law enforcement, I went back to school to start looking at that direction, research and PTSD. And uh, that's when the therapy dog thing kind of came on it. I got transferred into crimes against kids while I was doing all this research on PTSD. And I don't know and how I don't know how anybody does that. That 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 investigative field is beyond my capabilities of, of keeping my sanity, to be honest with you. Well, and, and that's where, that's kind of right. Why I got sidetracked is um, I, I was doing all this research for vets and starting to understand that there was a missing link between the vets and, and law enforcement as far as the treatment. And then I get thrown in the crimes against kids and it was a whole new ballgame because now I was taking the science and research that I had just learned and, and understood about what I was going through and I was seeing it every day in the face of these kids. And in the face of their parents and the face of the investigators, the DCF workers, the forensic interviewers, everybody was facing trauma every day. And that's where I started. I kind of put pause on my veteran first responder research and focused on the crimes against the kids and looking at PTSD and, and crime victims. And that's where I came up with the idea of the therapy dog program, because the research I had just got done looking at was how therapy dogs help veterans. And it wasn't a feel good moment that was making the veteran feel great. It was the science behind it. And what I mean by that is the theory of the dog reduces cortisol and it increases serotonin and dopamine in the uh, veteran's brain, which it's a companionship. It's that love. We've all, if you have a dog, you know mm-hmm. what it means. When oh, you yeah. have a bad day, you come home. And your dog hits you in the face and, and you're all of a sudden you get this rush of feel good. 
Well, that rush of feel good is chemicals. It's chemicals in our body that is a natural reaction. Well, that natural reaction reduces anxiety. It increases communication. And when you increase communication, uh, you can pull information out of that communication that helps better diagnose these veterans. So the therapists were using the therapy dogs to reduce anxiety, increase communication, and then better diagnose and better treat these veterans. So I took that same theoretical concept and said, if we can reduce the anxiety in a child victim and then increase communication, in that communication, we will find better evidence. And out of that evidence, we find better justice. And it worked. Um, created pilot programs, did the science behind it. Uh, it's now nationwide. And that that is a, a, a perfect example of why we need more research practitioners in the fields. It's amazing. It, this And this was the impetus for, for launching the program with the dogs that were all shelter rescue dogs that were trained by yes. volunteer inmates who want to learn new skill sets. And these dogs yeah. get placed for free. And it's a, just a phenomenal win-win program. And I, I know that when you left Florida, went to Montana, your focus began to change a little. We'll talk about it in just a moment before we go to break. Where can people get more information about the dogs in Brevard County? Uh, so it's Pauls and Stripes College. You can just type that in into Google, Pauls and Stripes College, or go to the Brevard County Sheriff's Office website. Um, they have a phenomenal program there. I love that agency that I consider that, you know, still part of my home. I just am, I'm on a different mission now. So um, if people want more information on that program, um, feel free to contact them. They're phenomenal people, and they'll take care of all your needs. And when we come back, we're going to talk to Jesse Holton about what they're doing in Montana, uh, some pretty, really cool stuff that you don't want to miss. And he'll tell you parts of his story as well. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back. Of all the radio stations in the United States, there are no other shows like the Law Enforcement Talk Radio Show. And on Facebook, there's only one official page. Do a search on Facebook for the Law Enforcement Talk Radio Show. And be sure to like the Law Enforcement Talk Radio Show Facebook page. Back to our conversation with Jesse Holton. Jesse is a police officer in Montana, former Brevard County, Florida Sheriff's Deputy, uh, U.S. Marine Corps veteran, and all-around good guy. Uh, I've known Jesse for a couple of years now, and every time we can get together, we do. Jesse, your, your career took a dramatic change. You left Brevard County, Florida, and went up to Montana. For a guy who's born and raised in Florida and used to the summer and the summer heat pretty much all year round, you're in a totally different climate. I've seen photos of where you're at. It looks absolutely stunning. But you've got a mission. Besides being a police officer, which is a big mission, you've got a, a serious mission up there in Montana. Tell us about that. Yeah, so a lot of people thought I was crazy. Um, I had 12 years in. We know you're crazy. Years. There's no thinking about it. We know you're nuts, but that's all right. It's a good kind yeah. of nuts. It's a, it's a good kind. Um, it's focused in the right direction. I can, I can say that. So uh, I was literally right in the heart of my career. I was having a blast. And then um, we came out here for vacation. And it, it hit me right there. So we, I had started the therapy dog program. That thing was up and running, and I had gotten it sustainable so that I could walk away from it so that I could continue on with my career in law enforcement and go up the chain of supervision. And we came out to Bozeman, Montana on vacation, and it hit me right then and there. I had put my work 
on first responders, uh, PTSD, and identifying issues with not just PTSD, but suicide and occupational stress in general, because it's not talked about. It's it's serious issues in law enforcement. Yep. We're starting to see the effects of it now. And I started seeing this 10, 15 years ago when I got out of the Marine Corps and knew that if we didn't start doing something, suicide rates, divorce rates, occupation uh, retention was going to start declining a- a significantly. So, and it has, um, by the anyhow, way. Uh, every, every agency I know is, is, is having problems finding recruiting, getting uh, qualified yeah. recruits, and then retaining people. It's a problem nationwide. Absolutely. And that's I knew that um, when I was getting promoted and, and came out here on vacation, I, was, I knew that I needed to get back on track and start focusing on uh, getting back into that research and that science and, and teaching uh, law enforcement agencies, supervisors, command staff, and, and officers themselves how to deal with the stress and how to make a career out of this job. It's not easy. It's it's super difficult. Well, we came out here on vacation and I had never felt such a serene feeling before. I I literally, I've done a lot of therapies. Trust me. I've seen a lot of, I call psychiatrists wizards, but I've been to a lot of wizards to try and get to where I am as far as my, my mental health status. And I had never felt more comfortable and more at homeostasis than I did when I was sitting in these mountains. And it hit me. I knew that this is where cops from concrete jungles need to come and feel what it's like to be here, to feel what it's like to be normal and back to uh, relaxation and how our bodies are supposed to be uh, in order to understand how we should be on a daily basis and how to get ourselves there when we get off work. And I'm not joking. It was a, a divine intervention because we were out here for a week and I went from staying in Bavard County, having a career down there, to getting hired uh, at Bozeman Police Department, finding a house, putting a bid on it, flying back home, and putting our house up for sale. And it, it was we had a full price offer in less than 12 hours. So in seven days, we went from staying in Florida to moving to Bozeman, Montana in less than a month. And I just knew. I knew that God's permission was going to put me on this on this path to getting this place up and running. It was meant uh, to be. It if it wasn't meant to be, that stuff wouldn't happen. It wouldn't have fallen into place so exactly. quickly and easily. And and it was so it was so powerful that my wife, even I was like, uh, let's move to Montana. She's like, we're going. Bye. You know, we're. I know what the mission is. She understood it. She's lived it. So when when I gave her the idea of let's create uh, a retreat center, it's it's a week long. We'll rent these cabins out in this beautiful area in Montana. And I will bring all veteran officers in and, and we'll teach them how to do stress management, but we we'll, won't just teach it to them like everybody else does. There's a, there's a lot of groups out there right now that are trying their best to teach officers how to manage stress. But the same thing has happened in law enforcement as it, as it happened in the, with the vets is cops aren't talking. They aren't, they aren't providing the information needed for these practitioners to develop uh processes that will work and be effective well that's no, where we're and, different is and, we've and lived it we've understand it one of the things you hit on right there is i don't want to talk to people about what i've been through i'll give you the old scenario i know you've been through this you go to a cocktail party or, or cookout or whatever and you're invited there and so on. someone goes oh here's jay he's a cop and then if someone comes up and goes hey you ever shot anybody and i oh, used to yeah. be polite but then i turn around and i i give it to him really quick and, and sometimes my answer is Yes, 
and a, a real poignant pause and I just walk away. Other times I say, why would I want to yeah. talk about the worst, one of the worst moments of my life with a complete stranger? And that's the real thing is I don't well, want to talk to people who don't understand, who haven't been through it. And even other police, I'm not comfortable talking to them if they haven't been through it. Yeah, and that's that's one of the stigmas that is happening between service providers and trainers and law enforcement is they don't know how to explain it in a way that an officer sits back and goes, okay, I get it. Um, I don't know how many times I've had officers call me up and say, I got diagnosed with PTSD. This is, this is bull****. How, how, how do I get rid of this? And I, they, they call me because they know that I'm diagnosed with PTSD. It's been a stigma on me for a long time, but right. I don't use it as a stigma anymore. I've found a way to manage it. Uh, I know how to treat it. I know what's successful. And they'll call me and ask me these questions. And I'm like, it, it, you can't look at it from that perspective. You have to understand what it is and how it affects your body and how it affects you as a person and your family and work and everything. And that's what we do is I've developed this curriculum that speaks cop language. And we, we created a nonprofit and, and this all kind of got put together because I had officers that I had helped throughout my career that I kind of became the ad hoc off the record peer support guy. Somebody would be having issues. They would call me up. I'd work with them. Uh, and, and this was stuff that we kept between each other. They would get better. Somebody would go to that person and he would, they would point them in my direction. And next thing I knew, we had this whole cohort of guys who, and gals that were helping each other out, that were finding things that worked for them that may not have worked for somebody else. And they started spreading the word. And a couple of these guys and gals came together and said, why don't we create this training program and make it to where we can teach other officers how to climb out of a hole or bounce back from being put in these bad situations. So that's what we did. We, we designed the curriculum. We use proven methods. Um, and we do it in a place to where you actually feel the difference. And what I mean by that is our curriculum focuses on understanding the chemical reactions in the body, how cortisol affects us when it comes to fight or flight how endorphins, which is what cops seem to love, counter-react that. And, right. and because we go throughout our day going up and down, uh, it kind of keeps us normalized. But over time, that normalization falls off track. And we don't use serotonin and dopamine like we should be using. We use endorphins. One of the reasons cops love alcohol, uh, subconsciously, that is an endorphin producer. So there's nothing better than getting off shift having that cortisol rise and then chugging a six pack or a 12 pack, or in my case, a 24 pack of beer uh, when you get home. So we start teaching them ways to understand how to better reduce stress and feel physically feel normal without drugs, substance abuse issues, risky behaviors. Um, all the negative stuff. We, we want to avoid act, that. Absolutely. All the stuff, all the stuff that, that we don't, we don't, know consciously that what we're doing to our our bodies is increasing stress or we're not relieving it in a proper way. This is just what we've had to do because nobody's taught us how to do it different. And on that note, we're going to take a short break. We are talking with Jesse Holton. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. If you're on the Clubhouse drop-in audio chat app, be sure to look for me and follow me. My name's John the letter J, Wiley, W-I-L-E-Y. You can also search for at L-E-T Radio Show. That's John J. 
Wiley, W-I-L-E-Y, at L-E-T Radio Show on the Clubhouse drop-in audio chat app. Your organization, it's called T6 or 10-6. Are that correct? Yeah, we uh, it's it's labeled T six, but uh, it's the whole aspect behind it is ten six, and everybody knows in law enforcement ten six means you're busy. It's a ten code. Um, sometimes ten codes are labeled um, with a T T dash six, and the dash is a little en, so everybody understands uh, what ten six uh, is the name of the company. It's ten six Advanced Training and Career Development Group. And what's your website? It's a www dot off dash shift. So just like uh, 106 means off shift, um, off shift is the website. And then we also have a Facebook page. Be sure to check that out and get more information. W- one of the amazing things you talk about, and this is a constant, constant um, topic on Law Enforcement Today's show. And, and it's a very broad topic where people say PTSD uh, or, or traumatic stress or PTS personally. And I know you never have talked about this before. I don't like the the term disorder. I think that that adds to the stigma, and it, and a lot of the stigma is self induced. If we look at this yeah. as a, an injury, a PTSI, an injury instead of a disorder, and we treat it like, for example, if I ruin my shoulder in a line of duty incident, and I have to go to an orthopedic doctor, and I go through physical therapy. They say, okay, it's not improving. We try shots. It's not improving. We do surgery, but you have to have physical therapy afterwards. Two things happen. We know we have to follow through with the therapy to do what we're supposed to do. It's part of my obligation to get better. Secondly, while we may get a really good range of motion and use out of that injured shoulder, we never, no one I know expects their shoulder to be just like it was before the injury. And that's where I think a big parallel is when it comes to PTSI. If we get this notion in our minds that all of a sudden I'm going to be like I was when I was 20 and none of this bad stuff ever happened, it is not true. It doesn't help. But I can have a rich, full, very happy, productive life if I learn how to do the therapy and do the things I'm supposed to do. Absolutely. And, and that's we don't just focus on the PTS part of it. And I, and I get where people say, you know, they don't like the disorder. It is a stigma. And that's just because of the pathway that PTSD has taken as far as, you know, the veteran culture going into the law enforcement first responder culture. What a lot of people don't realize and that, and what we also teach is the additional stressors that come on on top of PTSD and how there's a spiral effect. And uh, some of the examples I'll provide is there's secondary trauma where you may have may not have been in a, in a shooting or you may not have been in a significant incident. But hearing about a brother or sister who was involved in one dispatchers are, are a great example of where secondary traumatic stress comes in and they often get left out. Is, so you have an officer killed in the line of duty, um, and that dispatcher was on the phone or on the radio with that mm-hmm. officer prior to them becoming, or uh, you know, the incident occurring. Just because they weren't there doesn't mean that they're not affected. So you have post-trauma stress, you have secondary stress, and then you have the job, and and we break that up into four different types of stress. You have occupational stress, which is just being a police officer, the responding to domestics, the traffic stops, the, the high levels of danger that we see every day. You have organizational stress. This is the that all of us have dealt with. It doesn't go away. It's not going away. It's the the issues with management. It's the issues with equipment. It's it's all the other 
that gets piled up on top of PTSD and secondary. Mm-hmm. Um, then you have individual stress. This is the stuff that's outside of work, your finances, your relationship. Your marriage, relationship, yeah. Absolutely. And then you have social stress, and that's societal. That's the stuff we're really experiencing right now uh, with the way that a lot of the, the media and, and people in the country are kind of pointing the finger and putting the blame on law enforcement. All of that combined uh, is stuff that we deal with on it every day. And when you sit back and break it down, uh, even the most common person can go, holy cow, that, that's just deep. That That is a lot of weight that we're putting on the shoulders of, of women and men in law enforcement. But how do you deal with that? And that's where we teach a lot of methods on how to address each one of those. Because I can send you to therapy and have you work on a certain issue that's going on in your life. But if I'm not teaching you how to deal with all of it, that therapy is, is irrelevant in your life. And it's not, it's, it may address one thing, but it's not identifying and addressing the root causes of what's really going on in someone's life. And that's what we teach them how to do. Um, we teach them how to label each one of the stressors that they're dealing with, whether it's irrelevant or not irrelevant, uh, how to handle it, how not to handle it, proven therapies and a process of therapies that they need to go through. And, and you nailed it right on the head when you talked about your shoulder. You get a shoulder injury, you go through physical therapy to get it back to where it was. M- mental health and mental wellness is no different than physical fitness. Right. And a lot of people get that confused. They think that uh, because, and I put it in this perspective when I teach it, if you bench pressed 300 pounds when you were 18, and now you're 45, and you haven't bench pressed since you were 18 years You're old. You're not going to be putting up 300 pounds, I'll tell you that. Exactly. <laughs> and in order to get there, you have to start working out. And you have to create a regimen. And you have to work out different parts and different muscle groups in order to get to where you were. Mental health and mental wellness is the exact same thing. There are certain things that are going to increase serotonin. There are certain things that are going to increase dopamine. There are certain things that are going to decrease cortisol. We teach all of those methods, just like a workout, so that if you want to get back in shape and you want to feel good, just like if you were going to get back in physical shape, there are things that you have to do to get there. And we teach that. And it's amazing. It is life-changing to be able to see cops look at it from that perspective and go, well, if I'd have known this 10 years ago, I probably would have saved my first marriage and maybe my second. Yeah. And that's and, and and although we're talking about police when it comes to all these things, these are issues that that apply to almost anybody. Uh, yeah, they get amplified anybody. in law enforcement, but you look at our firefighters, or corrections officers. You mentioned dispatchers, combat veterans, and, and then people who have been victims of horrific crimes. They're going through this too, Absolutely. and it's all things that we can. We got to find a way to get better at talking to each other about it. Number one, and, and when one of the things I love about talking to you is you find the right mix of science biology and good old like horse sense when it comes to having these conversations. And that's something that seems to be missing from so many of our academics. Well, and that's, that's the biggest point about what I do is I went into academia at the same time I'm in law enforcement and I can translate it. And not only am I helping our first responders understand what's going on, I'm helping the academics find the deep, science that they need to develop newer and more innovative tools. And I'm that go-between. I can speak academic. I can speak law enforcement. 
I can get down deep in, in the trenches and pull out the information that they need to be able to run whatever analysis or whatever theoretical explanation they want to try and look at. And it works. It works phenomenally. And it's creating these relationships across the country where law enforcement as a culture is kind of lowering their guard and trusting academics. Because we, let's face it, we get dealt with it every day in the media. They use statistics against us. Mm-hmm. So our natural reaction to academics and statistics is, I can't really say it on the radio, but everybody knows what I'm thinking. Right. Well, the old um, saying is there's lies, there's damn lies, and there's statistics. I think it was Mark Twain who said that right. many, 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 many years ago. So you can, you can play with it any way you want to. But uh, what we do is we get down to business. Our whole job is to create impact and to change lives and focus it in the right direction. And we find the people that want to help us out. Uh, and that's what T6 is all about. It, it's an amazing process because the officers don't have to pay for anything. Their agency doesn't have to pay for anything. We're a nonprofit. So no matter how big of an agency you are, or how small, we find ways to get officers out here. They get four hours of curriculum every morning. We stay at a campground. It's, I mean, go look on our website and see the pictures. This stuff is real. The pictures were taken with cell phones. It's not like we use some high photographer. This is a real place. We stay on a cabin on a lake. Um, all the amenities are there. You name it, we have built it into this week-long process that allows officers uh, to, to understand what we're teaching and then to physically do it. They will literally feel uh, their heart rates drop. They we're going to take a short break. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Are you looking for great products that can be game changers for people, for their physical health, for their overall well-being? Go to letpops.com. That's letpops.com. I take these products. They make a world of difference for me. Better energy. I sleep better every night. Full night sleep every night. Zero leg cramps and more. Many people will tell you about the wonderful things that these products do for them. Plus, it can be a phenomenal business opportunity. You can help people improve their lives and for a very small fee, get a complete back end, complete website, zero inventory, no shipping, none of that stuff. Get full details on our website, letpops.com. That is letpops.com. Back to the conversation with Jesse Holt and your website, Jesse, is off-shift.com. It's off-shift.com. The name of your organization is T6. Uh, T6 uh, Tactical. Give me the whole the whole nine yards of name. It's a 10, T6 Advanced Training and Career Development Group. And by the way, for people who are, are not in law enforcement listening, and there's quite a few, and they're like, this is you know fascinating, but what's it got to do with me? Number one, I always say this. In, in the United States of America, we're very, very lucky. In most parts of the United States, if you have a family emergency of any type, a personal emergency, you can pick up 911 and have a first responder there within moments. Uh, certain parts of the United States, like Alaska or more remote areas, it might be days. But one of the things we don't want is we don't want our first responders there to be suffering because that's a trickle-down effect. If you have a first responder, a law enforcement officer in our case, showing up overly stressed out, not dealing with all this stuff, got some PTS issues going on, it's not going to be a beneficial situation for anybody. And then secondarily, 
uh, we have problems recruiting and retaining our best, most qualified law enforcement people that that handle our the emergencies of our communities and their valued members and their services are, are extremely important. So to lose them before their time doesn't do anybody any good. So this is why it's so important. And lastly, we don't want them suffering at all either. No, and, and that's where we focus on a lot of it is the history and the process of stress in law enforcement. And, and anybody that's been in this career knows there's like a, a wave in your first four years to five, sometimes go longer. Everything's a sparkle. Uh, everything that happens is new. It's fun. It's exciting. But what's really occurring is your body is injecting more endorphins than normal because it's new and it's exciting. After that, we call it the burnout phase from four to 10, sometimes 12 years, officers go through like a lull where things just aren't as fun anymore. And what's really happening is we're getting used to these smaller things and it doesn't introduce as much endorphins anymore. And we're starting to get overridden with cortisol, which is a chemical process that makes us feel depressed, makes us feel grumpy. It makes us feel low. And that's why a lot of officers get into that part of their career and end up quitting. What's unique about what we do is we teach officers how to not get into that burnout stage, not to get into that lull by introducing tactics that help them get through the job every day, every week, and every year so that they don't go into that depression phase. And for example, what T6 stands for is it is the code 106 as an off shift or, or busy but it also stands for 10 times a day for six minutes. And the way we build that in is if you're working a 10-hour shift, which a lot of us do, some of them have moved to 12, but if you're working a 10-hour shift and out of each hour you take six minutes to take a break from being a cop and watch a funny video on YouTube or listen to some good music, or uh, for me, one of the things I like to do is I have a, a video of my daughter singing, Yes, Jesus Loves Me, and she's three. So you can only imagine how sweet that yeah. voice is. Um, and I'll listen to that. And it, it increases my serotonin and dopamine. And it pulls me out of that funk that cortisol has me in from responding to all day. And and I never knew that the, that. The, the, the cortisol was an issue. And what you describe is, is oh. so... It really describes what I went through. There were days in the beginning, especially my first five years, where there were literally incidents where I thought my heart was on pound out of my chest because of the adrenaline and, and the excitement level. And then I could not get to sleep afterwards. And so what I do, I would go home, especially for a 12 shift and knock down a few beers, which turned into quite a few, uh, which created its own yeah. set of problems for a lot of people that happens. Then... You go through some really bad things and the whole attitude starts to change where it becomes something to be endured uh, and you almost become like cynical and very jaded where it's like you hate everything. Well, and that's the chemical imbalance. And uh, he could put it that way, but that's exactly what it is. Our bodies, as, as we go through every day with spikes of endorphins, spikes of cortisol, uh, we get thrown off. One of the things that we forget to do is focus on stuff that makes us happy. That is where your serotonin and your dopamine and oxytocin come in. Those are the chemicals that make us feel happy. They make us feel proud. They give us our self-confidence. When we're not, when we're ignoring those, uh, it's just like a muscle. And that's the best way I can put it is the more you ignore those chemicals, the less the body's going to produce. 
So because we go endorphin cortisol, endorphin cortisol back and forth over time, and this is where a lot of officers, especially if you're listening, you can kind of look back and go, I can I can see where things started to shut off with my happiness. And all of a sudden it was either a hundred miles an hour or depressed. Right. And that's the shift between cortisol and endorphins. And we start leaving out that serotonin dopamine stuff. And what ends up happening is we start, we're either a go or we're a no. And there is no happiness in the middle. And we bring that home. Our, our spouses can look at us and go, well, you're never happy anymore. You're not happy doing the things you used to anymore. And it's because our bodies haven't produced serotonin and dopamine at levels in a long time. And because of that, when we do do something that we used to enjoy, we don't get the same chemical reaction and it's not fun. Our, we don't get that same feeling. And that's what's missing is we need to teach officers from day one how to make sure that they recognize when they're getting into that lull and to do mental wellness exercises or health exercises uh, to make themselves get back in that position where they're feeling happy and, and have that serotonin and dopamine flowing again. It, it took me years. I had to, I was an alcoholic. I was drinking probably 30 to 40 beers on a day off, no problem at all. And when I quit drinking, it got rid of the endorphin kick that I had been going after. And it put me in a really deep, dark depression for a couple of years. And that's when I got into the science. If it wasn't for my education and focusing my attention, who knows where I would have ended up, um, whether it had been bad behavior, drinking again, or suicide. Yeah. Um, and, and both of those I are horrible, in. horrible situations. Before we close, one of the things you brought up, I think that's really good that everybody listening can use, that, that 10 times a day for six minutes. Recap that one more time. So, and this is, I learned this a long time ago when I started practicing it. Once I learned the science of what dopamine and serotonin does to balance us out and put us back at feeling normal, um, I started forcing myself to do things that would make me laugh, uh, that would make me feel happy, that would bring confidence and, so, and, and self-confidence to myself. Uh, and I noticed that I, when I would recognize myself being uh, depressed or going through an issue, I would do this. And I was doing it pretty much once an hour. Uh, so that's what I started teaching other officers is one time an hour, watch a funny video and, or, or listen to some good eighties music, uh, and, and watch the, how your mood changes and the chemicals in your body, uh, get you back to normal. And then I kind of rolled that into maybe we should do it one hour per shift. And that turned into 10, six, 10 times a day for six minutes, take six minutes out of every hour and make it a fun and happy time. And that will allow your body to get back to homeostasis, fight off that cortisol. And if you do that every day, it, it's just like when you first get back into the gym, the first couple of weeks, it feels like you're not going nowhere. The second couple of weeks after that, you're just, it's like this kind of sucks. But then all of a sudden you hit this, this amazing uh, increase of strength and, and ability. And you hit this incline where you just don't want to ever stop working out again. The same exact thing happens with this mental wellness. You start doing these techniques, and at first you don't feel something. And then all of a sudden it's like, well, I like taking the break. I'm starting to feel a little bit better. And the next thing you know, you recognize it, you use it, and you start having a happier life. 
And that's and it, really it, what it's all about. It pulled me right out of this. It's, it that's what it's about for, for everybody. Is we, we don't want anybody suffering, uh, certainly not our first responders. And we're going to have to have you back again this, uh, for a third episode and talk about things like the correlations between our, our combat veterans and our law enforcement. A lot of people don't understand that. Uh, and to be honest with you, although I know there's a lot of kinship, a lot of similarities, I don't understand it either. Uh, but before we go, give people your website address and where they can find more information one more time. It's going to be www.off hyphen shift.com or go to our Facebook page, which is 10, six advanced training and career development group. And by the way, they've got some great photos on your website as well. I've been checking them out and I think you're really honest something about the mountains that, that just remembering places I've been to puts my mind in a different state. Jesse Holton. Thanks so much for joining us to have you on anytime brother. I'll have you back again soon. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. I'd like to thank our guests for coming on the law enforcement talk radio show. The Law Enforcement Talk Radio Show is a nationally syndicated weekly radio show broadcast on numerous AM and FM radio stations across the country. We're always adding more affiliate stations. If you enjoyed the podcast version of the show, which is always free, please do me a favor and tell a friend or two or three. I'll be back in just a few days with another episode of the Law Enforcement Talk Radio Show and podcast. Until then, this is John J. Wiley. See ya. See ya.